Welcome to the Greatest Gold Podcast. This is your host, Pedro Limon, a.k.a. PD Podcast. This is episode number 36 of The Greatest Goal. And thank you for still listening to me. And let's get right into the topics of the day. The recap of the Liga MX. Let's talk real fast and touch on Chivas versus America because that was the most important thing of the last fecha, right before the fecha FIFA, which is uh, where Mexico played against Paraguay and Chile. Before that FIFA break, we played Chivas, is we, because I'm a Chivas fan, played against America in the Copa MX, where they got knocked out and lost 2-0. The problem right now seems to be that Pepe Cardoso is in a mode where he's not identifying what the problem is for Chivas. And it looks like, to me, it is the switching of all the players constantly because he can't find the remedy to win. Now, the problem is with that is... The best 11 he started at the, at the beginning of the season. All you have to do with that 11 is continue to work with. Uh, you know, whether that's uh, on free kicks, trick plays, uh, you know, uh, corners. Things to make the team work. But the best 11's on the field. You need to stop switching the 11. Stop moving the players out of that 11. That's the best we got. And if you can't compete with that 11, the player from the bench is not going to do a better job. Taking out Dieter and putting in, uh, I don't know, X player is not going to do better because Dieter is the best we got. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't really make a difference to to put in different players. That's the best we got. It's like uh, people criticizing Gudinho. Gudinho is the best we got. If you take out Gudinho and put in El Huacho, it's not going to be an upgrade. It's a downgrade. Just because Godinho messed up doesn't mean Wacho's better. It just means he messed up. And it's not an upgrade making that switch. And that's what Cardoso needs to get. We lost 2-0 to America, and it could have been by more. Uh, America is starting to uh, pick up. They went from uh, menos a mas, and Chivas went from mas to menos. So let's see if they can correct during this fecha FIFA and if they could win on Sunday, which is versus Pumas. Uh, during after that Copa MX uh, game where Chivas got knocked out, they played uh, again, and we lost again 2-0. And the, the problem was the same. America came out playing better, and Chivas picked up in the second half. But you could see that the team of America has consistently worked with that team, that 11. And uh, the team is, is that in itself. It is T-E-A-M, teamwork. They have their 11. They're not playing the best football. This ain't the America's football is not the best in the whole championship. But it's the best with their best 11. For their team, that's their best with their best 11. And that's what Chivas needs to do. Is try their best and work on plays with this 11. And find ways to win a game. Whether it be somebody practicing free kicks, winning uh, on a corner kick, or whatever. The one thing I have not liked from this Chivas team is... That the laterals and the wingers aren't uh, playing in a systemic in a systemic way of attack or defense. And in attack, I'll give you an example. On the right side, when we have a lateral going up like Van Ranking, and Brizuela is on the right hand side, obviously, 
when he cuts in, Brizuela needs to be aware that Van Ranqui's coming and that he has an open carril. He has an open lane to get to receive a ball and to throw in a cross. That's what I want to see. Or, or vice versa. I want to see Van Rankin go up and Brizuela realize that Van Rankin could cut in and Brizuela stay on the wing. So if Van Rankin gets the ball, he could shoot to goal. If Brizuela is an option, Van Rankin could, could pass to Brizuela. But it's either one goes in and one goes out or vice versa. One goes out and one goes in. I don't see that on the with the Chivas laterals and wingers. I don't see that... that um, that systemic attack or defense. Uh, so that's one thing I noticed in Chivas that uh, they're playing not like a team. And all these games where Cardoso has found his stride at the beginning of the season, uh, he's lost it. So uh, the switching of the uh, of the of the players with the bad result, it, it seems to be like a snowball effect, but it's going downhill as he's switching. Where you need to stay with your eleven and keep working, you know. Especially when you look to the bench, there's not the players that you need on the bench to to to, to give something better to the Chivas eleven to the starting eleven. So if you don't got anything on the bench, you have to work with those eleven. Now moving on from that because it's frustrated me. Let's move on to Mexico versus Chile. Uh, Mexico with Tata Martino has started the new era with Tata, and I called it. I said that Tata was going to play a 4-3-3. Obviously, he has played a 4-3-3 where he has those type of characteristics, you know, in Argentina. And then, obviously, in Barcelona, of course, he has those those characteristics to play that possessional type of football. The one thing that surprised me about Tata is he knows exactly what the players, what the Mexican players have. He has characterized them as a team that's dynamic, but that could play a possessional type football that could attack with maximum men, but could uh, come back to defend with maximum men. Uh, and basically what he's saying is, is they have a lot of uh, dynamic ability. I usually call it in Spanish, uh, ida y vuelta. So Tata Martino has a, a good grasp of what Mexican football is and what the players could do. So I'm happy about that. With Chile, it looked like for moments he was trying to play possessional and for moments he was trying to play counterattack. So it, it, it's a good understanding of the players and, and, and the quality they has in this team. And uh, as for Chile, uh, well, it's a friendly. It's their one year with uh, Rueda as their head coach. And I thought, uh, honestly, they would play a lot better. They didn't, and uh, we shouldn't look in too much into the win. But it was a good uh, uh, start for Tata Martino. And they kept it going versus Paraguay. We beat Paraguay handily, but it's not a surprise neither because we have beat Paraguay uh, out of the six last times that we played, we beat Paraguay six times. So it wasn't a surprise. When Chepo played against Paraguay, we smoked them, and we seem to have them figured out or, or got their or got their, their, their hand uh, on the uh, heads-up matchups. You know, we seem to beat them consistently. So uh, we beat them, and the bad thing about that, that game moving on to Paraguay is when we started to win fairly easy, um, they started to play physical, a physical football, but not a physical football in the in the good sense of the word. They were playing a dirty football. They were looking to injure, and Almiron when he came in gave a harsh kick to Gallito uh, as he was running away from him. Not even clear of the ball, he wasn't gonna make a clean challenge, and not even a good, not even a decent challenge. Like he was nowhere close to the ball. And uh, he could have injured him. Good thing Gaito didn't get injured. And there was almost a, a full-blown fight um, where the the bench of Paraguay 
ran the field. Now, um, the rule on that is uh, bench players that get on the field, it's automatic red. The whole Paraguayan team ran the field. Uh, the Mexicans didn't. So I don't know why there wasn't more reds given, but um, that could have escalated. It could have got, got worse. And we were already winning, uh, I think it was 3-1 at that point. So it's good it didn't, even if they didn't give them more red cards. You know, that's fine. It was a, it was a good win for Mexico. And uh, I like what Tata Martino said after the game. You know, lots of people were giving him props for that game. But uh, Tata Martino said, uh, to quote him, he said, Seguramente vendrán los putazos. Uh, so they're talking good about me now, but later you're going to be surely talking mad shit about me. So I'm not really content about that. So, which is good. Tata Martino is realistic. And that's true. You know, at the beginning of the the, uh, the process with the Mexican selection, it's always a, a good time, especially when we get off on the right foot. And after that, they start to criticize everything. So uh, that's good. Tata Martino has perspective in that sense. Now let's move on to Diego Lainez and Real Betis. What the head coach Quique Setien has said, let me translate. I'll say it in Spanish first. Lo más importante para Diego es que juegue. Aquí, desgraciadamente, no puede jugar y no le podemos dar minutos. No tuve tiempo para verlo. Tiene siete, tengo siete inter, internacionales y no lo pude ver. Uh, hay que hablar a Diego y saber cómo llega. Viene con un cambio de, de tiempo y lo mismo para Andrés. Oh, he's talking about Andrés Guardado right there. I want to get into that. Pero... This is the point with that. He said that he wasn't uh, going to know how much time to give him because he's coming from, obviously, the change of time playing in the United States and he's going to go back to Spain. Uh, but he also said that's good that he plays because he's a young player that needs to play. It doesn't matter what he also says in the article in another part that he couldn't find. He says that as long as he plays, it's fine, whether that be in the B team or with Mexico. Uh, sadly, he has not gotten the time with the A-team, and he's most likely not going to get a lot of time with the A-team. Uh, lots of people have made their own translations on that, but that's pretty much what I see. So um, they, they also asked him a question on whether he would be happy if Diego played with the Copa Oro team, which is the, the, the men's national team, the official one, or the sub-20, which is a, a subcategory of, of the, the men's national team. And he said, uh, anywhere where he plays is fine. And I think that's true as well. And I think what would benefit Diego is playing the sub-20 because in the A-team, he's not going to be played as a starter. He has too much competition. He has Chucky Lozano. Uh, he has... Uh, uh, Tecatito. Um, so he has already people that are going to start ahead of him. So he should go to the sub 20 where there could be some real pressure and he could get a lot of playing time and he could get that, that put on him to see how he reacts and to see how much time he could play and what he could do. Cause surely he's going to be the head of the team along with, uh, Jose Juan Macias. So I think he should go to the sub-20 and not the Copa Oro. The Copa Oro, we got players uh, to play that, and we're not going to be looking to for Diego Lainez to resolve anything. We got the players for that. Now, let's move on to Hector Herrera's 
passport situation. He did not come to the Mexican selection because of a passport situation. He did not. He was getting his passport, so therefore he could not come, which was accepted by Tata Martino. Tata Martino has said that he did not believe uh, Porto's excuse for Tecatito because there seems to be a mix-em-up. I don't want to get into that. All we know is that Tecatito was injured and Tata still wanted him to come injured to Mexico just to make group to see how he interacted with him and the players. And Tecatito preferred to stay in uh, Portugal, uh, which he says, Tata says, uh, he does not believe that Porto FC made Tecatito stay. Tecatito stayed on his own word. And he, he said that there will be consequences, which Tecatito responded on Instagram with the foot of his injured leg. Now, there's a lot of speculation. There's too much speculation on that. So I don't even want to get into it, like I said. But that's overall, in general, the story. Now, Hector Herrera, on the other hand, was getting his passport. So that's fine. And the rumor is the day after that passport is that Atletico Madrid is really close to signing him which he's a free agent at the end of the season. So that seems extremely legit. And that's that's a really good excuse for not coming for this Fecha FIFA, which is fine. I don't think we needed him and we won those games. So uh, that's enough with that. And good thing for Hector Herrera, if he does go to Atletico, I think that team fits him like a glove. Uh, he loves to, to, to defend and attack. And he has uh, that style of play that fits into the Atletico Madrid ilk. So I think that's perfect for him going to there. Now, let's move on to Chucky Lozano going to Manchester United, which is another rumor that we've been hearing. And the one thing I just want to add to that, because I don't, we already know that he's been followed. Um, the, the Presidente of Pachuca said that Manchester United not only has seen Chucky Lozano, but they have been following him since he's 16. So they know all the goals and assists and everything that he's done with Pachuca, with PSV, and with the Mexican selection. So they are well aware of him. So if he does go to Manchester United, it will be no surprise. It's basically what he was saying. He doesn't know if they will, but that's basically the general theme is that they're well aware of him. So if the rumors come from there, obviously it's 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 obvious. Man, you've been following him for a long time, and there ain't no surprise there. Now, if Lusano goes there, that's good. It's a second year in PSV. He's already outgrown the league. If he goes to a to to Napoli or Man U, it's a good move either way. I would like to see him in England because I think it's more favorable to his type of football, uh, a fast and dynamic football. And I think we'd be more entertaining over there instead of Italy. But let's see what happens. Now. Let's move on to a question I made to Omar Arellano on uh, Instagram. And I just basically asked him if when he retires, uh, he would like to be a coach. And uh, to which he responded, yes, but he would want to keep playing for a long time still. And he would like to, yes, once he's retired, to, to, to be a coach. Now, I made a video, and I'll uh, put that in the description box so you guys could watch uh, the interaction. Now, the reason I asked Omar Ariano the question if he wanted to become a coach is because there's only five Mexican coaches in the Liga MX. And um, there's, let's name them, Tuca Ferretti from Brazil, uh, Pedro Queixinha, Portugal, Diego Lanzo, Uruguay, uh, Jose... Cardoso, Paraguay. Uh, Angel Guillermo, 
Oyo uh, Argentine. Uh, Oscar Pareja, Colombian. Uh, Roberto Sidoli, uh, Uruguayan. Martín Palermo, Argentino. Bruno Marioni, Argentino. And Javier Torrente, Argentino. Ricardo Laolpe, Argentino. There's five Mexicans, which I don't want to name. You know who they are. Um, there's four Argentinians. And there's, I think, like two Uruguayans and a couple Brazilians, a Portuguese, and a Paraguay. Now, that is sad because not only do the Mexican players that play in the Mexican league have a problem getting a starting position, uh, but also the coaches are not dominant in the league, which I find even more embarrassing because we have lots of um, Mexican coaches with ability to do that, or we have lots of ex-players that could uh, fulfill that role, you know, which I, I find annoying. I would like, like I said, I, I would like to see Rafa Marquez do that. You know, I prefer him to see him as a coach instead of, uh, of a director of Atlas. Uh, so um, that's all I have to say about that. Now, what resumes this week is match day 12, Tor. Uh, the 12th week of the Liga MX and um, I think today Monarcas and Leon are about to play and there's some good games coming up. One thing we know about Chivas is we have to start winning or tying because we cannot afford losses at this point. It's either we make it or break it. But the games coming up for this weekend, Querétaro-Tijuana, Pachuca-Toluca, Necaxa-Veracruz, Lobos-Puebla, Atlas-Santos, América-Tigres, good game, Monterrey-Cruz Azul, good game, Pumas-Guadalajara, good game. There's a bunch of good games. So let's see what happens uh, this week. I told you what happened on the Fecha FIFA. I told you about the, the coach problem in Mexico. And that was episode number 36 of The Greatest Bowl. Thank you for listening and later. Peace.